they're going to need to win at least, at least one, one if not two of those games to kind of really convince us like, hey, they're they're real. Hello and welcome back to the second and two podcast. I'm your host, TB. I got my co-host, producer extraordinaire, hoodie fanatic. Master of the Grills, Closet Rams fan, Open Denver Broncos fan, and maybe they're back, fan of Texas. Uh, we got Jody. <laughs> What's up, Joe? Yo, yo, yo. We're here, man. How, how's uh, how's the weekend been? I know you had a rough, rough kind of weekend, I guess, maybe. Assuming what happened on Thursday, but uh, how'd that treat you? I mean, the weekend was it was good. It didn't go, it didn't go long enough. Um, <laughs> it was too quick. Um, but you know, Michigan smoked Purdue, and then the Rams turn around and lose to Green Bay. So yeah, fifty fifty. What was it? Three to twenty or something? Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> it's <a> terrible <laughs> game. This is an awful game to watch. I think only Packers fans and Rams fans were watching that game. Tough. I didn't even catch a lick, bro, I'll be honest. But yeah. I did see you didn't Coop and, and Puka didn't do almost anything, so it's like whatever. No no Matt no. Stafford. You, you can't prepare for much. No. But I mean, you mentioned Thursday. So... uh we lost our last game of the regular season on the short week. I mean, it was a tough game. We fought really hard. I knew it was going to be a tough matchup for us. Um, we had it 12-8 to eight at the half. And then early in the fourth quarter, it was 18-8. to eight. And uh, we got a near pick six. Our guy Dang. returned it all the way to the four-yard line. And uh, our offense just wasn't able to score, though. In. Yeah. So... That oh. pretty much did us in. Like, you know, the kids at, at that point, kids were pretty, you know, I mean, yeah. you don't score when I... you get the ball to the four. Yeah. So um, we ended the year at five and five. You know, we're right there at 500. Um, we're the four seed in our district. And uh, so we're getting ready for the first Morton 11 man playoff game since 2011, um, which is 12 years. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, basically since before you or I were even in high school or about the, the yeah. first, our freshman year, I think. Uh, yeah, I was going to say probably then. Um, freshman year. But the, the kids are excited for the opportunity. <laughs> I was looking on there, and uh, I spent nearly like 11 hours on Huddle watching films. Yeah, I saw, I saw you send us that photo. <laughs> it was like 10.52 or something, right? And in, in prep for this game. Yeah, that was just Saturday and Sunday. So I, I basically half of my or a quarter of my entire weekend was spent watching Huddle, getting ready uh -huh. for the game. You know, I think we know what they like to do. Cooked up a game plan to stop it. And all there is left is for the, the kids to execute it. I mean, we had a pretty yeah. good practice for a Monday. We get two more days of practice Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we go play Thursday at 7. First round. How far do you site. travel? It's neutral site. It's about an hour and a half. 
Um, yeah. but they're also traveling an hour and a half. So in Texas, it's pretty That's cool. They do bad. all all neutral site playoff games, unless oh. you. Uh, sometimes the teams will agree to flip for it, and they'll just flip for home and home. Like winner gets home like field. A coin flip to who gets home. Mm-hmm. That's um, but most time, most times they just go neutral site. Both teams agree to a neutral that site. Makes and sense. Play it like that. So it's it's pretty good. I mean, I, I was kind of reflecting this weekend just because, you know, when you get to different points in the season, there's like natural reflection points, right? There's like your bye week, that yeah. little mini break between like our last game and not knowing who our playoff opponent was where, you know, you do some self-scout, you do some self-evaluation, you ask yourself if you're doing all the right things. And uh, so I was thinking about it. I just wanted to thank Jill who's been very supportive, you know, we've been dating for like a little over three months now. And I got really lucky that I found her when I moved out here. So she's been super supportive and helpful. My, you know, my parents came out and watched a game. Um, My sister, Sydney came with them. My uncle came and watched a game. So I've had a lot of people like come support me all throughout the year. You know, I've had friends and other coaches checking in family, obviously, weekly to see how we're doing and uh it's pretty cool you know you, you get ca- kind of caught up in it so you can be so deep in it and worried about yeah. winning and all of that stuff that you know you you don't always recognize like all the support you're getting from all the people around you and it it, it was one of those i had a little moment this weekend i was like man I, I i get a lot of support from a lot of people i'm really lucky so yeah, i wanted to I uh take a moment to think about that and thank all those people who have been so supportive and helpful and uh, who have been, you know, watching from wherever they're at or listening. Yeah. And uh, so, and then lastly, I mean, the kids, they worked their butt off to be here. You know, no one True. expected us to be in, in the playoffs this year. You know, there were two and eight last year and uh, we're here. So I oh. couldn't be more excited for the group to to get this chance. We have, you know, normally the one versus the four, I think is pretty much a, it's generally a blowout in the yeah. Texas high school playoffs. It's pretty rare that you get a good one, four matchup, but I think we have a good shot. Um, I, I think yeah. it's, it's a good game for us. They're kind of a young team that no one expected to be a one seed. And we're a young team that no one expected to even make the playoffs. And here we are two young teams. We'll see which team grows up a little bit Thursday night and gets a playoff win under their belt. So I'm really excited for the kids to get the opportunity, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, being in that spot, you know, you that's the prime time to, to show out. No one, you got that little chip on your shoulder, no one believes in you. Come in, make some noise, maybe get a big turnover early on or something, and just carries on through the whole game. Yeah, I mean, I think our start is going to be really important. You yeah, know, you want to start fast. We've we've had a tendency to start slow, and the team we're playing has done a really good job throughout the year at starting fast. So that's going to be a really big point of emphasis for us is just making sure that we start on point. You know, I mean, it is every week, but you know, I yeah. think it's even heightened this week, and we're doing everything we can <laughs> to yeah, to get them in that mindset of we got to start fast. We got to we got to get off to a good start, and you know, our coaching staff's done. A great job of preparing and uh like i said i thought we had a good monday practice so hopefully that means we started the week fast we'll start the game fast <laughs> there you go get it to translate yeah. over but 
moving on from your your high school game, let's get into some news around the league. This past week, looks like our guy Daniel Jones got hurt again. He non-contact injury to his knee. Yeah, I saw our guy Tommy DeVito got back in the game and did a little something-something. A little, little something-something. He wasn't cooking up anything good. I wasn't. I mean, <laughs> they got their absolute minds beat in in that game. I mean, for one, it's now been confirmed Daniel Jones has a torn ACL. Okay. So the guy gets the bag in the offseason after his best year, then comes mm-hmm. back, plays miserably, gets a neck injury, comes back, Gets an ACL tear. So, absolute year from hell for Daniel Jones is what I would say. Yeah, I mean, he's getting sure. paid regardless, so no one feels bad for him. I'm not saying <laughs> that, but but I I mean at the same time, golly, it's it's been a rough year for Daniel Jones, and uh, you know hopefully he recovers quickly. I would think the Giants are going to have to look for a quarterback this offseason because you know those those knee injuries. It's about ten to twelve months recovery. Yeah, you know, you look at like Kyler Murray did his knee sometime this, you know, this period last year, and he's just now getting back. Um, he's looks like he's going to be active and going to start for the Cardinals this coming Sunday. You would think Ooh. you kind of have a similar deal for the for the Giants next year, so they may need to find a quarterback in the offseason that will start the first chunk of their games before they get Daniel Jones back. If that's still going to be their their guy at the starting quarterback position, I mean, they committed to him this offseason by giving him that deal. Yeah. So you would assume they probably still stick with him, but they're going to need a a, guy, a holdover until Daniel Jones gets back next year. So that's something to keep an eye on for the Giants this offseason. C.J. Stroud, we got to talk about him. I mean, balled out. He set that the whole squad rookie passing. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, their whole offense was insane. I mean, the, he set yeah. the rookie passing yards record for uh, passing yards in a game. 470 yards, five touchdowns. He had the game winner on a 40-second, 75-yard touchdown drive. Um, Tank Dell went off. Dalton Schultz went off. Yeah. Yeah. Noah Brown. Noah like, Brown, yeah. The, the whole squad was was going crazy. Um, the, a bunch of guys. There was like four different guys who had touchdowns. Nico Collins is another one. All four of those guys had touchdowns. I think Tank Dell had two, including the game winner. And uh, yeah. CJ Stroud, yeah, so. he uh, he is atop the list. That once include you know that does still include I should say once was a top was was Mark Bolger. That was Mark Bolger's record. Then you had Aaron Brooks, Jeff Garcia. I was kind of looking at the names on that list, and I was like, not a lot of these guys <laughs> went on to have great careers. So <laughs> hopefully that doesn't say the same thing about CJ Stroud. Um, but yeah, I mean he owns a pretty interesting record now. So yeah, that was wild. Oh yeah, uh, another dude who made made some noise in his first week on a new team again. Our guy Josh Dobbs on the Vikings came in and, and led them to the victory, which is crazy. After being there like three days or something. Yeah, it reminded me of the Baker Mayfield Rams game against the Raiders last year, where it's just like yeah. guy hops off the plane, doesn't know anybody. Barely knows any plays, just barely been in the building, and then has to go win a football game in like two minute drill yeah. fashion. I mean, it's insane. The difference is like the Rams expected Baker to start, and he knew that two days in advance. The Dobbs was just like barely even active. They didn't take in a rep with him. They hadn't done anything with him. He didn't even know his teammates' names. And yeah. a guy goes in there and balls and gets him, leads him down the field for a dub. 
pretty special stuff from Josh Dobbs. That's that's your guy right there. You you have been tooting his horn all year, so it's got to feel pretty I mean, good I for think you, he's Joe. He's in a lot better spot now than he was with the Cardinals. Hopefully, it could continue him. His play yeah. continues to to elevate over the course of the year with them. But I mean, when he was on the Cardinals, he started off great. You know, didn't didn't get too much going. Like he couldn't win, I should say. But he's playing well, and then it just kind of fell off. It was just like it looked like it was like. Like some Lynn Sanity stuff. He was able to do good and then it just like falls off <laughs> back to where you like, you think he would be, you know? Yeah. But um, another another team, the Raiders, they they got their guy Antonio Pierce as the interim. He takes them to, they blew him out, right? They blew out whoever yeah. they played. The Giants, they absolutely destroyed yeah. DeVito and the Giants. <laughs> There was some wild stuff that came out of that Josh McDaniels firing, which happened after our we last recorded. So we hadn't mm. we haven't talked about it yet. You know, Josh McDaniels being the first coach fired this year. Once again, second time in his career that he hasn't even made it through a year two of a head coaching position. Um first yeah, being out of there. in their early twenty tens with the with the Broncos. Yeah. Mm. Um for one, sounds like the players absolutely hated him. Um, there was a lot of that going around in the media after his firing. Sounds like it, they, you know, there was a story about how he had a he had a meeting to let people air their grievances. Antonio yeah. Pierce talked to the team about being fearless about how that Giants team he was on in 2007 that beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl was fearless and they didn't blah 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 blah. Yeah. And then McDaniel's response afterwards was, "Don't you ever talk about the Patriots like that again." So okay, I thought that, real... was, that was fake, but that's crazy that that's no, actually what that's, played out. <laughs> that's a real thing, according to a lot of people. Now, we don't know if it's real. We weren't there, right? But yeah, that's true. what's been reported. And if that's true, it's like, no wonder there was such a division in the locker room and they ended up firing him. Yeah. But on the flip side, Antonio Pierce makes his debut, has a mm-hmm. great, you know, first game as a head coach. Um this seems to be a thing that happens, right? Is it? I mean, it was Jeff Saturday with the Colts last year. True. Yeah. Right. No, the no experience comes in and they go and win. Yeah, yeah, it's like when teams fire their head coach. That if they don't, if they really don't like the head coach, and they then go they fire him. Like, they get they get this like new head coach and they they go out and yeah, it's like a they're new on the beginning show for and, they, and they yeah. fall. Yeah, it's really, um, really weird that that happens and it seems to happen a lot, right? It's kind of weird, but True. yeah, no doubt. So good for Antonio Pierce. Good for the, the uh, Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Let's see. What does this say? It says dolphins are six and no, Oh, versus teams with losing records. Oh, and three versus teams with winning records. Are they pretenders? <laughs> well, I answered that question last week when they were six and two, and they were six and zero, and two, and yeah, you know, this was a big game for them, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of First prove the that they that they belong. And I said that last week, you know, they were going to find out against the Chiefs in Germany, yeah, and we found out it pretty much confirmed what I thought. They're pretenders right now until they beat a really good team, and now that the, their schedule is soft for the next like five weeks. They may be 11 and three heading into the final three weeks of the (laughs) The season. But the last three weeks they play Dallas. 
They finish in Buffalo, and they have one other game. Oh, they play Dallas, Baltimore, and Buffalo. Ooh. So they're going to need to win at least least one, one if not two, of those games to kind of really convince us, like, hey, they're they're real. If not, you know, they're just kind of like really good against the bad teams and not so good against the good teams. So they're going to be a playoff team. They're going to likely win the AFC East the way things look right now, I would say. And we'll still probably have reason to doubt them. It feels very Vikings-y from last year in in a Uh different way. But like that team that we know is going to have a really good record, but we're not buying them as a a contender. Yeah, we just, they still feel like a pretender. And that's where I'm at with the Dolphins. I have been and I'm still there. All right, so I will say, so... This was the the early game, right? 6 a.m. or 6.30 for me, at least, I should say. And so I was listening yeah. to it at work, and Westwood won, shot them out because they've been they – were, they were my memes of football yesterday. But uh, I will say I think that they need – so A-Chain, I believe, comes back this coming up week off of IR if they do take him off of it. And I do think they're missing that piece with running the ball. For sure, right? Like, I, I mean, they got Raheem Moser and Salvin Amon, or how, if that's how you pronounce it. But I think that they need something that those do. Oh, well, I don't know about Amon, but Raheem Moser is definitely a little older in terms of like running back age, right? He, you know, he was in the Bay last year, or maybe like two years ago, and then played a couple other places as well. But Devin A. Chain coming back should be. Uh, a way to take some pressure off of Tua with having a sling to rock everywhere. Their defense definitely gotten better with Jalen Ramsey coming back. I know that they lost like another cornerback on the flip side as after he came back, but defense is looking better. They only gave up twenty one to the Chiefs, you know. Not not too crazy and like go out and just like run all over their defense. But on the flip side the Chiefs also have a great D. At least up front for sure. They make big plays when they need them. So, I don't know. As as much as they lost, like I I think it's more offensive struggle than it is for the defense for the Dolphins right now, to be honest. Although I know I said earlier in the year, like their defense, I don't know anyone on there. Like I think it's flipped since they lost A-Chain. Yeah, I mean, I think offensively they're like a fine-tuned machine and – you know, I mean, the biggest thing is if you keep to a clean, they're really good. True. When their offensive line struggles against a front or a team's bringing pressure and they're not, you know, able to pick it up, that's when Tua, that's when Tua struggles. And that's when their offense struggles. Um, they need so to figure sl- out an is answer. Is he slow at reads or something? <laughs> Where's the well, ultimate answer to this? I mean, I think it, it reminds me of the Jared Goff Rams in 2018, 2019 Uh where you have all these playmakers around him. You have a pretty good offensive line, but when you've run into a team that knows how to create pressure against you, the quarterback isn't quite good enough to create out of the scheme, right? Uh Like the scheme is set up where it's okay. One, two, get to my, you know, third read, get the ball out. Right. And that yeah. two is really good at that. I mean, he's pinpoint accurate. He gets the ball out of his hands and he's really good at just getting the ball out. Right. But if you make him hold it and you get pressure, well, now all of a sudden Tua has to create 
and creating outside of structure so far has not been to his strength. And if you're getting pressure on him, the accuracy goes down very yeah. similar to a Jared Goff, right? Very similar. Okay. So if you're keeping him clean, he'll dice you up. But if you get pressure on him, he all of a sudden becomes a mediocre quarterback at best. And I think the Dolphins have to figure out, you know, they have that running game. It just felt like they didn't quite use it in the Chiefs game because they got down so early. And if yeah. you shut down the running game and if you're able to bring pressure, the Dolphins have to figure out, like, you know, and I think McDaniel will figure this out, you know, what their answer is at that point. Maybe it's fast screens, getting the ball out of to his hands right now to get away from pressure, get it to Tyreek Hill, get it to Jalen yeah. Waddle, get it in their hands quickly. Um, that's always a, a great play for you, you know, when you have playmakers like that. That was always kind of a Sean McVay, Jared Goff answer to pressure, get the ball into Cooper Cup's hands, get the ball in Robert Wood's hands. Um, you know, but that's also a thing that teams figure out quickly. And now yeah. they, they start pressuring you, but they're now they're playing tight. Well, that's when you got to be able to just make a throw down the field. So yeah, you will see what to do. I, I'm not saying that he's a system quarterback. We're not going there. Yeah. <laughs> right? But what I am saying is they got to keep him clean and they got to have an answer for pressure. I feel that. So it sounds like to me, he just needs to go train with Josh Allen for a summer and learn how to create on his own. And, and when things go sour, just learn how to run out of the pocket and, and throw on the run. Well, if he does that, you might start throwing a bunch of picks. Ooh, sorry, Josh <laughs> Allen. Sorry. Um, we're going to move on to another NA, uh, AFC contender here. The Ravens Monster obliterated. They obliterated another NFC team today. They beat the Seahawks set 37 to three. Mm-hmm. Um, to move to seven and two, which begs the question: Are the Ravens the most complete team in the AFC now? I would say probably, yeah. I mean, their defense has been great all year. They 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 were able to get some gritty wins early on, like twenty to seventeen type scores. You know, really close tight games. And now it seems like their whole team's just getting healthy again, and they're getting into full steam midway through the season. Yeah, I mean, their offense is clicking. Lamar in the Todd Munkin system is unreal. Oh, yeah. They 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 just can't be stopped because it feels like they have an answer for any kind of defense. Like if you have a defense that's like, okay, we're going to stop the run. It's the Ravens. We're not going to let Lamar Cook running the football. We're not going to let him hand it off. We're not going to let them run power and counter and all the stuff that they like to do. Then the Ravens will spread you out go 10 personnel, put all those receivers on the field and let yeah. Lamar just go to work and they'll beat you. Versus if you're like, okay, we're going to play a too high safety look. We're not going to give you explosive passes. We're going to take away, you know, the Mark Andrews connection. Well, they can just go put 21 personnel in the game and run the ball right at you. Yeah. So it feels like teams are really in a bind right now when they play the Ravens because they can play so many different styles of offense now. It's and really Lamar hard being able to run. That's just even more of like a different dynamic. People there's aren't just, used to. there's just so many dimensions to their offense. Now yeah. it's really hard to stop. Then you flip it over to the defense and their defense is, well, I mean, one of the best in the NFL, they're first in points per game. They're second in opponents yards per game. They're 16th in takeaways. They're 10th and third down percentage. They're first in DVOA. Like they're, they're crushing people right now defensively. And, yeah. uh, you know, their DC 
former Rams DC Mike McDaniel. You know, he's I mean, he's doing a really good job there. And mm-hmm. uh I mean I I don't know that there's anyone in the AFC that I would lean on. Now that's not I, I did pick them to go to the Super Bowl early in the year, so I feel like I'm being biased because yeah. I want that to be right. <laughs> but they really do look like they're hitting on all cylinders right now. I believe they've yeah. won Definitely three or four games in a row now, and uh, they look like that team to be, even though you still got the Chiefs sitting there also at seven and two. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. But no, I think you're you're right with they're on a streak of like three or four games right now. And the closest one, I think, out of those three were was an eight point game. It was 24, 16 or something. I don't remember who that was. So yeah, yeah, I mean, um, Ravens getting hot right now is, is definitely spooky out there. Yeah, um, we talked about this last week, but quarterback injuries, it feels like there's just so many backup quarterbacks playing right now. Yeah, um, that's for sure. Which sucks because it makes the football not as good. I mean, you had a couple bad games yesterday. Um, Packers-Rams was atrocious. I mentioned that earlier. Uh-huh. Matthew Stafford did not play. Brett Rippon played and was able to muster three points, even though his defense got him two turnovers on the Green Bay side of the field. He didn't score on either one of those takeaways. And on the other side, Jordan Love did not look good. Um, You know, that game was seven to three for like most of the game. And then the Packers Uh kind of poured it on at the end to get to 20 to three. So um, that was a weird game. You look at like, Clayton Toon started for the Cardinals. He was awful. Yeah. The Browns defense suffocated him. We'll get back on the flip side. On the flip side, Deshaun Watson was back for the. He was uh, looking good, but like the Browns, it was there okay. was some throws. It like you could tell he's still in pain. Like it wasn't even making it to the dude. It was one yeah. skip into them. Is so that's interesting. But he he does look like he's getting back more to like Houston type play. Yeah. Just it, his arm just isn't doing well right now. I I don't know what Deshaun. I'm not all know. over the place. <laughs> yeah. Um you even had like Panthers Colts, you know, Bryce Young throws two pick sixes on the other side. You got Gardner Minshew who played well enough to win. But there's just a lot of you know, Tyler Heineke um plays for the for the um the Falcons. You know, the Falcons, you know, and loses to to Josh Jobs on his third day on the job. So it's just a lot of a lot of weird quarterback things going on right now. We mentioned DeVito for the Giants yeah. versus O'Connell for the Raiders, who actually was really good. Um, yeah, so weird year in the NFL for quarterback situations. Feels like mm-hmm. every team's quarterback Wilson's is hurt. playing right now. While it's yeah. as we speak, and uh, so it's making the football tougher to watch. But um, the last kind of news of the week: the Eagles. They win again. They're eight and one. They have the inside track yeah. on the NF on the NFC's one seed once again. Feels like mm-hmm. that's inevitable now with some of the other losses teams have taken. Um yeah. they, can anyone challenge them now. for the one seed, you think? I mean, or or is Philly gonna get it again? I mean, we'll see. They're they have a tough stretch coming up. I think next week's their bye week. But following that, they got the Niners, they got the the Chiefs, I believe, as well maybe the Cowboys again in there. I'm not positive. Yeah. But the Bills they have a I tough believe. stretch for sure coming up. Yeah, they do. 
we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. I mean, they haven't been nearly as good, but they've been winning games. So it, it doesn't yeah. really matter. If yeah, you're true. winning the games, it doesn't have to look pretty if you just keep winning. So, um, which Philadelphia has done. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I I will say, though, I feel like, I mean, I could say, I, I'm talking about Dak later, but the, they had two opportunities to win that game and they couldn't pull it off. But looking ahead, moving on to the fantasy between me and you, I will say, brutal as you week. talked about, yeah, for you, definitely brutal week being invested with the Chiefs and that this week I, I'm beating you by oof was that 30 and I still oof. I got Brees Hall playing right now whatever he does just adds oof. on to that lead but so you got your best score was Stefan with 22.6 following that you got three different dudes averaging about like 13 and a half I'm gonna say that was Patty Mahomes Jerome Ford and Saquon Bijan and Travis Kelsey, not too hot. Harrison Bucker, three points, just three PATs. But Bijan, man, everyone's talking about how they're not utilizing him right now. That's tough. You know, I mean, they got Algier, uh, Cordell Patterson. They all like to use back there with Arthur Smith. And who knows? He, he was looking hot early on, and they did pump the brakes on him hard. Let's see. On my team, I got... Jalen Hurts, 25, almost 26 points. Josh J- Josh Jacobs had 21, almost 22. Uh, A.J. Brown, 19.6. And then my other dudes. Uh, I had a bunch of bye weeks on my team. I had, like I said, Christian McCaffrey on a bye, and then Jameer Gibbs, the Lions, were also on a bye. Mm. So I got to elevate JSN for his first game of the year on my team. <laughs> mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, oh, and Justin Tucker, bro, fourteen. He would do better than JSN. Cooper Cup, six point eight. That's my my low guy. So it's one seventeen to eighty six. Worst week of the year for me. Golly, yeah, that's for sure. Um, all right. So we got a fun segment this week. Yeah, we're at about the halfway point of the season. Um, if you're looking for the QB tiers, I think we're going to save it for week twelve when we're about. Okay two-thirds of the way in. Um, so come back in a couple weeks and, and you'll get that. What we want to do this week instead was take a look at defense. And so mm-hmm. the point of the exercise is we're removing the team's offense. Like you, you're not getting their offense. If you could just have one defense in the NFL right now and you would trust that defense to carry you to Super Bowl, regardless of what the offense is, but you just get yeah. this defense, um, who are you taking, right? So yes, we'll give you some choices, and, and you can always go off the board, right? But top choices, you know, you've got Dallas, Cleveland, mm-hmm. San Francisco, Baltimore, Kansas City, which may surprise some people that they're up here, but if you dive into the numbers, and especially if you watch that Dolphin game, and yeah. a couple other games from earlier in the year, the Kansas City's defense is legit. Yeah, and then are. Detroit, another team that may surprise some people that their defense is up here. But once again, if you watch the games, you dive into the numbers, Detroit's defense has been outstanding this year. So those are your choices. And then obviously anybody off the board there, but Detroit, Kansas City, Baltimore, San Francisco, Cleveland, Dallas. Joe, if you had to take one of those defenses to carry you to a Super Bowl right now, which one are you taking? 
Well, the simple answer is Baltimore. I literally have them right. for fantasy. They they get me points every week. They ball out. I've talked about. I mean, the past. I mean, they put they let the other team score three this past week, and I think they had another one of those like a, two weeks ago, where they just hold the the team to very minimal points. And then, as I talked about it earlier, they got the games early on in the season where it was like they they were in that mid range, like fourteen to seventeen points allowed from the other teams. Um, I, I did rank them in terms of who I would go first to last, right? So at this moment, I should say. I got the Ravens one. I like Cleveland at two. Kansas City at three. With San Fran there, maybe at four. I'm not sure on them. That I feel like hope the way I see it. Hopefully, it's the offense struggles, which is why they're they're you know they're plummeting on defense at the moment. So that's why I threw them at four. I'm still questionable there. Dallas at five, and then Detroit was last. That was a no brainer to me. I mean, we've seen them when they played. The the Ravens they just got blown out of the water. Like their their wins haven't been aside from the Chiefs. Let me let me get that straight. They still haven't really beaten anyone all too crazy. So that's why I threw them last. And the other ones in between were a little more tough. All right. So I mean, when I look at things as they stand right now, I like Baltimore's defense. I really do. Um, I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier they're first in defensive DVOA. They're first in points per game allowed, only 15.1 points per game right now. They're second in opponent's yards, 276.5. They're 16th in takeaways. They're right in the middle of of the pack in that. And they're 10th and third down. There's only one team in this group that I mentioned that's in the top 10 of every one of these statistical categories. Um, It may surprise some people. I I don't know. I was initially leaning... Baltimore, but I think I'm going to lean this team's way for this reason. Um, Dallas is third in defensive DVOA, fourth in points per game, third in opponent's yards, fourth in takeaways, and seventh in third downs. So they're better than Baltimore in takeaways and third downs, pretty close to as good in points per game, opponent's yards, and, and DVOA. So right now... You know, and I talk, I talked about Dallas like last week as a pretender. Once again, we're not talking about Dak and Mike McCarthy right yeah, now. True. We're only talking about the, the Dallas defense. defense. And if I was taking one defense in the NFL right now, golly, it doesn't get much better than Micah Parsons. Oh. And this is with Diggs hurt, and they're still creating these takeaways. They're an unbelievable defense. They are explosive. Pretty rare that you call a defense explosive, but I would call Dallas's defense explosive. Um, that's who I would take very small margin over Baltimore. All right. Uh-huh. That's, I mean, we're talking picking hairs here. So yeah. I would take Dallas, then Baltimore, my third team right now, they've, they're in a slump right now, but they just traded for chase young. And I, yeah, I think true. that San Francisco's defense is going to get back on track just because the talent on that D line. With Fred Warner yeah. behind it, I mean, they're going to go get pressure on people and it's going to be really tough to deal with. So I think San Francisco, I expect their defense to be better in the second half of the year. And it wasn't bad in the first half. It just, they the last couple games, they gave up a few more points. They were yeah, not definitely. as good on third down and they're not getting pressure on people as much as they normally do. And then they just went and traded for 
you know, a top five pick Chase in Young. a recent draft, and that's Chase Young. And we'll see what happens, but I, I kind of think that he's going to get after people and he's going to help them. So, you know, my third team, I think I would take would be San Francisco there. Uh, and then, you know, Cleveland has been very good. They've had a couple weird games, like giving up 30-plus to Gardner Minshew and the Colts. Yeah. It was a strange game. Oh. I really like Kansas City, what they've done. Steve Spagnolo's been there forever, and he deserves this. You know, he's worked, you know, that job for, for a while and done a really good job. You know, the focus has always been on their offense, but their offense isn't as good this year, and their defense is way better. So yeah, that's helped that's balance them out. And then Detroit, Dan Campbell, what they've done is miraculous as well. Um, from what they were two years ago to last year to this year, yeah, it's just night and day. And uh, so that's kind of how I would rank it. But yeah, I mean, if I had to take one, I'm taking Dallas right now, which might surprise some folks. Yeah, I think you sold me on them a little more, but I think it's just me being a hater to the Cowboys as well. As a whole. I think there was some bias in my ranking for sure. But <laughs> when, when people can admit their hatred, then then it's all good. But yeah, no, one thing you talked about Chase Young in trade. We also should mention Montez Sweat went to the Bears and got that four-year extension. Or I guess yeah. paid for four years. As a brief little uh, aside right there. But do you want to get into these awards, bro? I do. I do, brother. I'm ready. I'm right, ready for awards week nine. So our first award, as always, the Tukwa Gamer of the Week. I'll go ahead and start it off for you. I'm going with, oh, I hit an audible. I forgot. So I was all over the place when when trying to figure out these awards. Like, I could have easily chose anyone from that game with the, uh, what's it? Houston and, and Tampa Bay, which I did end up doing. That's why we got an audible right here. I was going to go Amari Cooper. He had an impressive touchdown catch. But I'm going Rashad White from... The Bucks. he went 20 carries, 73 yards with two touchdowns, and then four catches, 46 yards. He was the only one with any type of run game in that game, which is why I got him here. Not to mention the two tutties. And like I said, anyone from that game, basically, between Mike Evans, any anyone we mentioned at the top from Houston, could all be one of these winners simply just because that whole game was crazy. Hella points, and they all put on numbers for sure. Yeah. Um, I went back and forth on mine. I'm just going to give a quick shout out to the guy. I did not give it to Kenny Moore had two pick sixes for the Colts. Dang. Pretty tough yeah. to do. That's yeah. Impressive. Like that almost includes some luck, you know, it has to. <laughs> so, um, impressive day for him. And he's wondering how do I not get the gamer of the week award when I do that? But I'm going to go to another cornerback for the New Orleans Saints, Paulson Adebo. He had himself a ball game to help the Saints beat the Bears, recorded seven total tackles, three pass breakups, one forced fumble and a fumble recovery, and two picks. Um, He was clutch for the Saints. He made huge plays when they needed him, forced three takeaways by himself, two picks and a fumble. Crazy. And he shut down DJ Moore, who only had three catches for 44 yards in the game. So Paulson Adebo probably played like the best game of his career for the Saints. And uh, it was pretty awesome to watch, and it helped them get a win over the Bears. Yeah, that's an impressive stat line for sure. (laughs) 
two picks and the fumble. Well, I guess he recovered that one too, I'm assuming, which is what that yeah, was. Yeah, he forced but, it yeah. and recovered it. So he literally three takeaways by himself. That's the stuff from the guy for sure. He said, oh, you know what? I'm tripping. I read that wrong. I thought it said comeback. It says cornerback. I thought he was yeah, hurt, came no. back. And... <laughs> All right, so this week, getting into my dog of the week. <laughs> this, so this, this guy, as I mentioned earlier, I was listening to Westwood One on the flip side. So from, from 6 a.m. watching or hearing the Chiefs game, this is now 5 at night listening to the, the Bills-Bengals game. So I'm going with T. Higgins. I kid you not, bro. Westwood One likes to hammer the same same details all the time. It's just <laughs> something they always do. So T. Higgins, they mentioned this guy. He had 40 targets, 19 catches for 200-something yards all year up until this game, right? So they, they mentioned that probably two or three times where it's like, I obviously know it. Like, I just gave it to you right now. I believe it was 221 if you want to be specific on the on the yards. And so last night he comes out. Eight catches on nine targets, 110 yards. So he basically, not only did he add another almost 10, 10 targets to his name, but he he got half of his yards that he's had all year in, in this game yesterday. So it's like he moves his stuff up to thirty or 300 yards total, another like almost 50 uh, targets. So I'm just giving him this award because on the flip side, our guy, Jamar Chase was, I guess he got hurt a little bit. I didn't know that. I wasn't paying too much attention. I was, I was driving on the road, so I couldn't, I wasn't too focused in. But whenever I, I, they would give me some, some stats, I'd know who they were talking about. And so Jamar Chase only had like four catches or something. So on the flip side, our guy, T. Higgins, eight catches on nine targets, 100 yards, 100 plus, I should say. Gets the dog of the week from Jody. Let's go. Um, all right, so we're going to go to the minor setback for a major comeback. And I'm going with the whole team here, the Seattle Seahawks. They went and got <laughs> pumped by the Ravens in similar fashion to the Lions a few weeks ago. And I still believe in Seattle as a good football team. And, uh, you know, I think they simply had a bad week. But my bet uh-huh. would be they come back better next week against the Commanders. Um, oh, okay, so, yeah. you know, if you're one of those people that could get right game, actually, actually does. Bet, you know, maybe take the Seahawks next week in a get-right game for sure. Um, All right. So we go to the no-cap hats-off award. And, you know, for whatever reason, I've just essentially anointed this award our college football award, and I've just gone to college football. <laughs> I mean, like they do have the a weeks. lot more impressive stuff. Like, you know, they, the yeah, they have a lot more like a million years ago. Like, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so, but this week I'm going to give you a two-for-one. I'm going to give you a college football one and an NFL one. All right, and so I give you, you an honorable mention from uh, that I've seen. Oh, three for one. All right, yeah. dude. Just make sure you don't step on my toes here and don't get don't give no, me one no. that I already got. No, no. I, I it was also college. So I seen this on Instagram. I guess is Coach O a head coach somewhere? No. Before okay, then I don't know who what this dude's name is, but I thought it was Coach O. But anyway, the play was it was like it was a fourth and one. I'm assuming really close down in distance. And they look the team set up as if they were gonna do a tush push. And okay. and so the, they snap the ball to the quarterback, who then pretty much snaps the ball again to the running back. So he throws it between his legs and he grabs yeah. it and runs around the edge and gets the first. Ooh, nice. <laughs> maybe like maybe teams even are more getting yards. creative with that. Yeah. Teams are getting creative with that. It's kind of fun. 
It reminds me of what the Jags did last year against the Chargers in that playoff game. Remember we reviewed that with Travis Etienne around the around the corner when it looked like they were going to sneak it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Though that yeah. was a nice play for sure. But yeah, you can get in um, yours. My bad. I didn't want to steal. So your we got uh, we got USC Washington. Um, there's a trick play by USC in their 52 to 42 loss. Mm-hmm. So they hand the receipt the ball the ball to a receiver in a jet sweep. And then it looks like he's going to cut it back. But then as he's cutting it all the way back, flips it to uh, Caleb Williams, who then mm-hmm. throws it downfield for a huge touchdown. Um, yeah. And, you know, it was, it was a great play for USC. However, Definitely. wasn't enough for them to win as they ended up losing the game by 10 to, uh, to Washington. And their defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, gets fired the next day for giving up a fifth straight game of, uh, I believe, 35-plus. So, yeah, I think it was like – I seen a stat that said they've allowed like 256 points in the last, like, I don't know, four games or something. It Yeah, it Crazy. was insane. I will so, say on that play, that got sent to me and Johnny from Mitch, and I, I responded to them. I was like, well, if it was Jimmy G, he wouldn't be able to make that pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, man, Jimmy G catching strays, huh? Golly, hey, that, that's all right, buddy. Sometimes that's the way it gets laid out. So in the NFL, we go to that Texans Bucks game under two minutes, or right around two minutes. The Texans kicker has been hurt. They've been going for two all game. It's a tie ball we'll game. They're in. Too. <laughs> they're in the red zone, and. You know, it's like fourth and goal from the 10. So they can try and go for it, or they can do what they did. They trot out Dare Ungabuale, a running back, uh-huh. not a kicker, a running back, trots out there, drills it, drills the field goal for what they think is the win at the time. You know, I mean, if yeah. you can get a stop, you win the game. They don't. The Brown or Buccaneers end up scoring to go up, and the Bucks think they've won. Well, then CJ Stroud leads them back down the I'm field, back, and they yeah. get the win anyway. But huge kick for their running back, Dare Ungabuale. Um, you know, when their normal kicker was injured. So yeah. saw a lot of people commenting about this. Why was the punter not kicking? I don't know. Not his job, but, kind of. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, Dare puts it through. Dared to put it through the uprights. Pretty awesome. That's sick. I mean, yeah, I've heard that same chatter about the the punter, but it's like he's not used to kicking off the ground for one. You know what I mean? That's not he does it all himself. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a a skill going forward. They start learning, you know, and then they could just do okay. both. But it's the same reason they don't do the kickoffs. You know what I mean? It's still the same. The the field goal kicker. You know, there there are a lot of times though the punter will be the kickoff guy. Huh. Well. In the NFL, it, I mean, it, it, sometimes it's the kicker and the kick is also the kickoff guy, but sometimes the punter is the kickoff guy. I'm just saying. Who knows? Maybe, maybe this guy just wasn't trained in it. I don't know. He, I guess so. Case. I mean, they trusted their running back more, but the guy made it, so you can't like give him crap. Yeah, I mean, knock they, it. <laughs> he made it, so good for him. You know, I mean, shoot. Yeah. Um. Right. But yeah, we're gonna move it on to the uh, Strahan Munoz Big Fellow Award. Who you got? All right. So this week I went to the, I believe the Browns game. Yep. I went with 75, Joel Betonio from the Browns. He's the left guard, if I recall. 
Uh, my dude, he had a great game. He only allowed two assisted tackles, which is like, you know, someone grabbed the dude and then his guy got there eventually. And he had, he, he has some good pulls. He, they pull a lot, actually, after watching that game. They had a lot of pulls. He's great at pulling and then getting that seal block on the dude. Uh, there was one play. He he, it was just base. He had the dude in front of him. Had he sealed him to the right end, the ball the 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 running back took it right still where they're supposed to go. But he had a nice cutback lane right behind him. Had he done it, and then one of the plays I liked from him, he he literally just drove the the defender he was guarding back like ten yards, like from the line of scrimmage. The the yellow line that they put on the field for the first down, he just kept going past that. It was great. I loved watching him. So, yeah, my guy Joel Batonio from the Browns, he's going to be my Munoz Award winner this week. Nice. Love that. Good for Joel. Um, I'm going on the flip side on defense. I'm going with Byron Young, our guy, rookie for the Rams, edge yeah. player. He was pretty dominant on Sunday, even though the Rams lost. Ten total tackles, eight solo tackles, two sacks, one TFL, and another QB hit. Right now, they came out. I saw ESPN today came out with their, you know, midseason awards, and oh. uh, they had him He's third for defensive defensive rookie of the year. Had him third. Who's the first um, two? If you remember, I'm, I I think probably I am blank. or Brian Branch. Yeah, Evan Witherspoon was first. Devin Witherspoon was first, and uh, Jalen Carter was second. Oh, okay. Byron Young, Byron Young third. Good company, though, so, for sure. Yeah, and uh, I believe Byron Young leads all rookies and, and quarterback pressures right now. Um, so he's having a good year. Good rookie yeah. year. The Rams found a, a hidden hidden gem in that third round. They need and, that uh, for sure. Yeah. So shout out Byron Young. Great, great Sunday. And uh, hopefully he keeps playing well. Yes, sir. So let's get into our Who's Cooking Award. We got our QB who we either think is cooking up an amazing meal and or they, they're just on the flip side and they're burning the whole house down with whatever they're making. They they just couldn't <laughs> couldn't get the recipe right. Maybe the food comes out gross. Who knows? Whatever you want to put there. But uh, for me, I'm going with Dag Prescott as I like tease at the top of the show. My dude went 29 for 44, 374 yards, three touchdowns, and then he had six carries for 14 yards. I mean, like, like as I said, though, he did kind of not win the game. He had two different chances to, <laughs> to get into the end zone. So it's like, as great as his stat line is, he also had two different times at, at, in that fourth quarter to, to punch it in and just couldn't get it done. And two, he, he missed one. It was a close fourth down, couldn't get it. And then on the flip side, I think they needed a – a four down conversion to keep the chains rolling and couldn't do that either. Did, so he, he's in the middle of the pack of his food. I do have a an interesting question for you. Yeah. Did you ever really feel like during that game, did you ever feel like the Cowboys were actually going to win it? Oh, um, cause I, I never did like the whole time I was watching, I know ooh. it was close and I know yeah. they had chances to score and there was all, there was the two point conversion and the, all of it. Like, multiple chances for the Cowboys yeah. to win that game. And, I mean, I there was this huge part I just the whole time I never felt like I was if I was if I'd had money on the Eagles I would have been so comfortable. I never felt like the Eagles <laughs> were actually going to lose the game. Does that make yeah. sense? I mean, it just Yeah. 
Well, when I when I went into the game, so like I, I send it to you. I don't know if if you got it, but on ESPN every week I pick who at winners of each game. So it's just like, oh, this team, this team, this team. And so when I saw that one, I was like, Eagles, no brainer. But then when I was watching the game, I did when they were up at half, right? I think it was seventeen to fourteen or something. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure Cowboys were going up, uh, going into the half up. And I was like, maybe they pull it off. Granted, like I could have checked the score and been like, oh, I know they lose. But watching it, I was like, dang, they they got the lead right now. That their things are going well. Ceedee Lamb is going crazy as he has been for the past three, four weeks. And then once it got to the fourth quarter, then I was like, all right, you got to score here, you know, <laughs> extend the lead. I think I think it was. It would have put them up like three or something had they scored. So then that didn't happen. Now they're down still. Eagles couldn't sustain a drive. Their defense was doing great, you know. And then same thing. They just drive back to field again and couldn't do it. And then it's just over. So I don't know. Going in the half, though, it did look promising. And then the second half, they fell apart. Maybe Eagles got good adjustments at halftime or who knows what. But I don't know. Cowboys are still shaky. When it comes to a good team, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I went with my who's cooking. I went with Josh Dobbs for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. Um, Plenty. He had 100, 158 yards, which is not scream cooking, but you know he yeah. didn't play until the end of the first quarter. That's one thing. Again, he also did not know any of his teammates' names. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he had two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, like three days of prep for the Falcons with his new team, the Vikings. Um, let him down the field and scored in the final minute to help the Vikings win their fourth game in a row. He also had seven carries for 66 yards. So, um, yeah, he, he went off and uh, yeah. he was cooking up something special, something, something light. He looks good in that purple. That helmet was looking nice on him. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no josh dobbs i mean who knows because uh, they should be getting justin jefferson back soon too right so maybe maybe he just got it landed in a good spot you know kirk cousins was dealing all year and uh, so i'm assuming the the line's definitely a little better than what he had in arizona definitely could be something to keep our eyes open on or i just want to see him succeed i don't know maybe that's what's coming out <laughs> <of me. laughs> but Getting to the last award that we like to hand out. It's going to be my Boo Boo Evans Award. Now you talked. Okay. You know what? Before I even mention that. What, what, did you put up any stats in the NFL this week? Did I? Yeah. You got any fantasy no. points on your name? No. All right. So our guy Clayton Toon. Sad winner of this award this week. My guy went negative in his fantasy points this week. <laughs> so we... Put up better stat line than this guy, almost, if you really wanted to put it that way. He went 11 for 20, 58 yards, two interceptions, and then he had five carries, 28 yards, and a fumble. That's this a tough week for the guy. I mean, I know it's his first start. Oof. And not, not a spot you want to be, but if you're ne- – bro, you, okay, you want to know how sad this is? I, I – <laughs> So when I was looking at the the scores for our fantasy t- uh, team, I, I hit the last. So it goes one through like nine, and then 20 is like the last page. So I was like, all right, let's see who's at the bottom of this list, right? So I click on it. And so everyone, 
I, I could have just only went the fi- the first six pages is what really mattered, but I didn't know that. First time I've ever done this. So I'm scrolling, so I'm just hitting the the next page over, and he was down there on page like nine. Mind you, there's people on bye weeks and people who are like backups <laughs> or third stringers at this on this page. And then by the time I got to someone who actually went positive, it was like people playing. They got maybe like 1.2 points or whatever. But this dude was negative 0.88. Uh, <laughs> it was just a tough situation for the guy. God. And he was, not to mention he got sacked seven times by that. I, I, they played Cleveland, right? Is that yeah. who? Yeah. Tough, God, tough week rough. for the guy. <laughs> so maybe, maybe he could be on the comeback award and honorable mention. Maybe he his next week, you know, second start gets gets a little better. Or maybe it's Kyler or Murray it's time Kyler. at that point, and it don't yeah. even matter. He was just a little filling. <laughs> yep. All right, so we're gonna go to our favorite segment of the week: turnover on downs. All right, so first down, we're gonna talk about a trend. Something I've been seeing all year that I've been really excited to talk about because it's pretty fun. This is actually a clip from last week, but it's been happening Ooh. all year. So uh, we're looking at the Rams-Cowboys oh, game from last week. Now you're going to see this is Micah Parsons. Now what you'll notice as we play the clip he's going to end up with a two-way go because of their alignment. So what teams have been doing, they're putting their best pass rusher over the center, and then they're playing uh-huh. in a green, the green front, right? So we've got threes and fives on either side. That forces the uh, guard okay. and tackle to kick out, right? One-on-one. They're both going to kick out, and they're going to make you know those rush lanes wide, and all they're going to do is just open sesame space for Micah Parsons. And now you'll watch. He just beats the center like a drum. For a sack. <laughs> it's just not even fair. And then crawls yeah. off. It's just not even fair. Like one-on-one Micah Parsons versus a center. Watch it. I mean, so the alignment naturally forces a one-on-one, right? You're going to see. Yeah. One-on-one, 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 right? Now they drop the center or and end out. So it's only a four-man rush. Yeah. And they chip over here. So you get kind of a two-on-one, one-on-one, two-on-one. But it ends up still with the center one-on-one with Micah Parsons, who's just going to win nine out of 10 matchups with centers and gets a sack. Um, yeah, in just tough, just tough stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Which it's just a tough matchup. Well, you know, if you remember earlier in the year, we saw the, uh, you know, this schematic approach is what gave us the miles Garrett doing, you know, in yeah, and out he was balling on people. And, yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, that's the same deal where they're just creating that one-on-one yeah. for your best athlete, your best pass rusher in space with the two way go against the center centers yeah, cannot be happy about this center. That's a, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a total, you're already nightmare. a step behind having to snap the ball. Granted, yep. you know, when you're going to snap it, but that's not much considering the dude standing up ready to go full speed at you. Like you get your hands up, maybe either they already swat them away or something that, yeah, that's not good at all for the yeah. line. It's a, uh. Center's worst nightmare. So, yeah, look for that when you're watching games. Sure. So, second down, we got the Jody bet for the week. Now, I mentioned last week, you know, game time decision. I have not been good on that. So, we don't. Once again, we took a L. It was I went with the over in the Commanders Patriots game at forty. The game ended at thirty-seven. So, 
you know, if it was overtime, we would have had a chance for sure. But that's a, that's not what we're here to talk about this week. We're looking <laughs> ahead at, at the was it week ten? Or that's crazy. We got the Jaguars Niners. I like the Jaguars at plus three. Let's see. We got Atlanta versus the Cardinals at minus two and a half. I like that one too. And then uh, I got Bills Broncos under 47. That seems like a lot. Unless the Bills literally drop 40. I don't think it gets that crazy. But my 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 pick I'm going with out of the three, I'm taking the Falcons at minus two and a half over the Cardinals. That seems like the best bet. Like that. Like I said, Car- Kyler Murray, if he's here, you know, a lot of dust to... A lot of cobwebs. He's got to dust off. But if yeah, I think that's a that's a easy money. Taylor Heineke getting his second start over there probably, and then Clayton Toon, as we just mentioned, isn't the prettiest thing in the world. So that's my my pick for next week. Okay, all right. Um, we're gonna go to third down, and we're gonna talk about third and five game on the line for the Titans against the Steelers. All right. So as you're looking at this, there's I believe there was like 20 seconds left in the game, right? Will Levis in his second start, he's played pretty well up to this point. Um, the the Titans go two by two. They go with the spread formation. They're gonna have a real tight slot here, and Do, the Steelers obviously. That would be good, right? Would be helpful for you to actually be able to see the screen. I thought you were just prefacing it while you were trying to pull it up, and then I was like, "Oh, he!" You started talking about what their formation was, like, "Oh, he don't know." (laughs) I was prefacing it, and then forgot to actually pull it up on the screen so you could see. So, as I was saying, the Titans go two by two, right? They're going to go spread formation. They've got a slot receiver who's going to be tighter to the formation, tighter to the to the uh, to the to the O line. Now you'll see the Steelers are playing cover two. They're just playing the pipe player. It's Tampa two. And they're playing that pipe player as a safety, and he's already at the goal line. All three safeties standing on the goal line. You've got two hook defenders here. You've got a cover two corner. They're both going to jam and get out, right? Um, And so Will Levis, all they're running is a simple four verts concept. They're going to bend this one inside. We're going to fade this one out. Same thing at the top, four verticals. Pick your matchup. Th- try and try and fit it in the window. Basically, is what what it was, right? It's a tough concept, but it's about the best you're gonna get at the end of a game like this. And knowing the Steelers are in essentially Tampa two with with a deep a third deep safety, right? So Will Levis looks to his left. He's gonna try and come back and fit a ball into his right, and you can see. He's thinking he's going to be able to fit this ball over the linebacker, but under the safety, right? Yeah. And he tries to, but he picks the wrong one if he's going to do that, right? The original vertical he was Mm. looking at, he probably had an easier throw there. Throwing outside wasn't... facing this way too. Yeah. Throwing outside was never going to be an option versus cover two. He was going to have to throw to one of the interior seams and try and fit it over the backer under the safety. He tries to, just to no avail, backer jumps up, the hook defender jumps up, gets an interception to seal the win. You can see it again from this angle. He's initially looking this way, doesn't like it, tries to come back and fit it in, and it's just not there. 
gonna be a tough it's gonna be a tough throw regardless. Yeah. But uh he really tried to fit it in a window that it just wasn't gonna fit into. And uh it ended up, you know, being the difference in that game. Close game, another close win for the Steelers where they looked terrible in the first half and somehow managed <laughs> to win in the second half. Well, I did see speaking of the Steelers, the there was a stat that was it was like Patty Mahomes on the year and someone else, but then it was like CJ Stroud had hello yards, right? Like compared to those two and his picks to touchdowns ratios even crazier. But it was this full CJ Stroud has 14 touchdowns on the year, which is I guess more passing touchdowns than Kenny Pickett has had in the in the last two. Which is wild. Wow. Sheesh. So yeah, CJ Stroud's balling. But fourth down of the turnover on downs is gonna be my bad beat. Taking it back to Houston, as I was just talking about CJ Stroud. You mentioned that their kicker got hurt, right? So at the end of the game, they went for two, right? Uh, and, I, I know what you're talking about, yeah. And so the the spread was two and a half. They went for two, yeah, they, and they, I think they, they took, a took a knee, right? Yeah. They took they a, took knee, a yeah. knee. So instead of even trying to get the, the points, because it was, what, six seconds on the clock or something? Yeah, so, six seconds on the clock, and if you try and kick it and it gets blocked and they return it for two points the other way, game's tied. Or if you do go for two and you fumble and or throw a fumble, pick, yeah. only bad things can happen. So they took the knee to yeah. just secure the win, essentially. And, uh, yeah, I saw that. People were upset about oh, yeah, that. The two and a half on that one, which I had as one of my picks from last week, too. So it was <laughs> like, oh, man, just another one to the list. But... Shout out to the kid for making that drive at the end of the game. That was a, I think it was like 40-second drive, right? Crazy. Yeah. So last thing we got on the episode is the banger of the week. Now, you, you mentioned me being hoodie connoisseur or whatever words you, you use this week. Yeah. It's actually – so that's where this comes from, right? Oh, where's the words on this hoodie? Or is it on the back? I don't know. But anyways, there's something right there. I was at, I will, it comes back to yesterday. I took a trip down to L.A. I went to SoFi, actually, if you want to be specific. And okay. it wasn't to watch no football. I'll tell you that. I went to the Travis Scott concert. And let me tell you, that thing was crazy, man. I, don't, I sent you one of the videos, right, on, on yeah. X, showing you what was going on there. Everything I've seen on, on Twitter was crazy. Just like, it, it was loud in there. Like, not to mention just, like, the music itself, like, vibrating through like the speakers with the bass and everything but when i watch back those videos like it was really that crazy like like i went into it knowing it was going to be a wild time like looking at the uh-huh. pit i was like someone's going to get trampled in there because travis scott fans they go crazy with mosh pits and everything so, so i was, was like, like i'm glad i'm not down there i'm in this comfy seat right here not, yeah. not like i sat down the whole time i was standing the entire time rocking this hoodie because it was I wasn't going to just leave it on the ground and let it get snatched up or something. So I was rocking this thing, sweating. But it was a great time. Uh, he played a lot from his newest album. His old songs that he went with was like Mamacita, Highest in the Room, uh, Sicko Mode, Goosebumps. Yeah, for sure. He was like, he was like, dog, I got chills right now. He was literally shaking. I don't know if he truly meant he had chills, but he was shaking. And then he came out with that song like two seconds later. I, I get was like, those goosebumps every time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I know if you guys look up, I know <laughs> and at SoFi, 
that one was loud as hell. That's like the one I've seen the most like videos of, because he just lets us roll with the chorus and it was crazy. Wow. But yeah, I'm glad. Topia you had fun, Twins, dude. another one. If you know the words, Topia Twins, that we were yelling those words. It was lit. At the jet ski. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, that's exactly, awesome. exactly. No, it was a good time. I, this dude. So at the end of the show, there was also. He was talking about how they were yelling in his ears to to like get off stage because of curfew, and so he was like, "Yeah, like my mom's here tonight. Actually, like she knows I don't I don't do well with curfew. I never listened to it growing up as a kid or whatever." But this dude started at like nine fifty at night. If he would have just started at nine thirty, like everyone assumed, we would have heard plenty of songs that we would they wouldn't be yelling at him. <laughs> Lol. Come on, but man. It was, no, it was a good time for sure. I had a long drive, though. I drove back, got home at 3 a.m. That was brutal. Brutal. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. sound fun. Well, we just want to shout out Joe before we go today. Man put out a banger of a pod last week before going to Game Through the World Series, then goes to a concert this weekend, is still <laughs> ready to perform today on the pod. Shout out, Jody, bro, for being a professional. Appreciate you, bro. No, it's funny because I literally, so I was, I knew I had a nap planned in me today at some point in time, right? It was going <laughs> to happen. I was dead. So, like I said, got home at 3, woke up at like 6.30 and said, why am I up right now? Went back oh, to bed yeah. and I woke up at like 8.30. So, at that point, there's no going back. I already nope. woke up twice. That I'm, I got to commit. And so, uh, around like 1-ish, I want to say. I was like, all right, I'm getting tired. And then as we got closer, like I, I ended up eating and then like taking a shower and everything. And then it, it was like three and I was like, I really need a nap now. Otherwise, I'm going to just be dead. So I get on the couch, lay down, get the blanket on me, roll over. And this is like four. So I, I took a nap, set an alarm to be up at like five-ish just to prepare for getting getting on the pod. And then... I woke up before the alarm went off, which is good. And, you know, I didn't want to wake up to the alarm because if that's the case, I'm going to be real tired. I had some mm-hmm. little drool on my face. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> and luckily, luckily, you texted me and was like, all right, I got to eat and do, like, a couple things real quick. Because I was like, if we go in the next, like, 20 minutes, I'm, I'm going to just sound so tired. So I was like, perfect. <laughs> that worked out for me. Perfect. <laughs> I, threw on the, I threw on the Jets game real quick. Watch that before. And here we are. Yeah. Well, great job, bro. I think it was a great episode. And uh, let our guy I like Ray the Ray beginning. <laughs> take us out. Yes, sir. Something special. I ain't really been the same since the day I met you. I know we fuss, I know we fight, but that's alright, cause I ain't trying to do that with no one else. Girl, you my type, uh, and I know you like, uh, and you know what I like. Uh, phone calls late at night, baby girl, you doing it right. Uh, damn, here I go again. I just been stuck on you, you heroin. I blow with the wind, and it's over again. Look what I did, made a little change. I'm a little older, but I'm still the same. Shit is a trip, my people be playing and really be listening. What be saying, damn, I mean I came a long way, girl, I hope you listening to what I got to say, girl, I ain't trying to play these games, man, I'm done with that, 
And if you want me to stop it, then I'll be done with rap. I'm having fun with that. I'm really doing it. Look at me, I had a dream, now I'm pursuing it. I'm reminiscing about the times that we used to have. And everything that we used to do when we used to laugh. It's been a minute, I want to know how you been, though. Close my eyes and hope you knocking at my window. 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 Yeah. It's gonna keep going on. The world won't keep going on. Frustration will keep going on. Ain't gonna keep going on till we finally go back down to the simplest word. Love. If I got you and you got me, then we found a treasure. We gon' last forever, even if we not together. This that feeling you can't replace or replicate. Memories, they be hitting me like a heavyweight. Gotta keep it straight, straight, straight. You say you leaving and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Gotta make a play. What do I say? What do I go? What do I do? And I just feel like I'm losing my time, cause all of the time I'm thinking about you. You my boo. What do I do? Girl, no. I'm still waiting for you to come to a show <laughs> So I guess I'll just be right into my fingers bleed You know I got you whenever you and your time I need Another poem to express myself I'm trying to let my guard down I can't help myself, I mean that And I'm trying to let you know I need that Tell them other clowns I'm trying to spit game ease back, hey. I mean I got a lot I want to say but for now to seduce, sit back and press play I'm reminiscing about the times that we used to have And everything that we used to do when we used to laugh It's been a minute, I wanna know how you been though Close my eyes and hope you knocking at my window Knocking at my window Knocking at my window Knocking at my window Knocking at my window. Knocking at my window. Yeah.